You're listening to Siren Radio, and it's a real delight and a privilege and a pleasure to welcome all sorts of guests to the radio station. Physically, we're not able to do that at the moment, but what we can do is to do it remotely. And I'm delighted to say that our next guest is someone who um, I've been encouraged to, to meet by our chaplain at the university, Subash Chalaya. Subash said, you must meet the imam. So I said, us in touch and that's exactly what's happened i'm delighted to say that imam farouk joins us here on sound radio imam welcome thank you thank you for the introduction it's a very great pleasure um the interesting thing is um how exciting it is to talk to you at this time of year which is rich with religious and spiritual symbolism but from a muslim's point of view how how do you feel at this time of year it's an interesting question you know and i get asked this question by my students that I teach in a supplementary school, by some of the mature students at the university and some of the community members at the mosque and even at the hospital that I work at near Lincoln. And I respond to them that we believe in Jesus just as much as Christians, albeit that we believe slightly differently in terms of a perspective. We believe in, in him as a prophet of God who is going to return you know, before the end of the world as we as we know it today. And we, we kind of, I encourage my students to celebrate, you know, the life and achievements of Jesus. Even though we don't celebrate Christmas in the same way that, you know, the Christian community might celebrate Christmas over here. But definitely uh, in our classrooms, we talk about the life and achievements of Jesus and uh, his similarity with the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, etc. That's... And lovely to hear you say that because it sort of expresses an openness um, in your faith rather than perhaps sometimes in any faith, a sort of closed mindedness. How, how well do people react to you saying that? Because it's, it's a very exciting possibility, isn't it? It's interesting. I had that discussion a few weeks ago with some of my students in Lincolnshire and we had an open kind of debate discussion setting for that particular class. And some of the students were saying, you know, we should not be celebrating and have nothing to do with Christmas. Whereas other students were saying, no, there's no harm in celebrating Christmas. And I, and I, and I gave my inclination uh, and my viewpoint to the discussion by saying that I think in principle to celebrate, you know, the achievements of a prophet, there's no harm. Of course, we might not agree with the same type of celebrations that, you know, many Christians might do on a Christmas day. Whilst we might not agree that the 25th of December was the actual birthday of the prophet Jesus, but there's no harm in celebrating it just because other people are celebrating it. But this is my viewpoint. And uh, even within the Muslim tradition, you will have a diversity of opinion. And just like in, in my classroom, we had a diversity of opinion within the students. I'm sure. Let's talk a little bit about your journey to becoming an imam. How, how did that happen? Well, I, I started memorizing the, the, the holy book, the Quran, at the age of nine, and I completed the full memorization by the age of 12. After that, uh, I was going to a regular school. And in the second year of my A-levels, I had a kind of a, a change in mindset. And rather, pursue, and rather than pursuing a university you know, education, I wanted to join a seminary to become an imam. And then I embarked on a six-year course uh, in a number of seminaries, uh, initially in the UK, then in India, in Pakistan, 
to study intensively Arabic and Islamic studies, and then eventually becoming an imam. In some senses, was it, well, in the Christian terms, a road to Damascus moment, a, a, a sudden changing, um, that some clergy in the Church of England would say, I felt a calling, I felt something that I couldn't resist, I had to turn and dedicate myself to, to this sort of work in a way that you hadn't before. You know, interestingly, yes, I mean, I joined a missionary group and after spending some time with this missionary group, I felt that, you know, my path was to serve God, you know, uh, more actively and give 100% of my life towards fulfilling God's kind of command and following the traditions of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Despite the fact that all my other family members were not happy at the prospect of me becoming an imam. <laughs> Have they come round to it now? Yes, yes, they have. I mean, they had some concerns and uh, I think they were legitimate concerns at the time. But I think, you know, now, now it's not a problem. Talking about your work specifically as part of the chaplaincy at the University of Lincoln, um, how big and how strong is the, is the community there? It's a growing community. I think we have about at least five to 600 students, if not more. We don't have the full roll count at the moment. And I've just started the role in Lincoln uh, a few months ago. So I'm still kind of, you know, getting my way around the university. But interestingly, <clears throat> one of my first roles as an imam was in the city of Lincoln. So I started serving as a, uh, as a part-time imam in, in the city of Lincoln in 1995 till about 2000. So I used to commute every day from Leicester to the mosque in Lincoln, which was in Orchard Street at the time. Now we have a purpose-built mosque in the town center. But I used to commute every day from 1995 to 2000, Monday to Friday to the mosque in Lincoln, where I used to lead some of the prayers, the Friday prayers, and also teach some of the students in the supplementary school. That's quite a commitment and going back quite a number of years um, through the history of the, the, the growth of the Muslim community in Lincoln. Have you seen and felt change towards <clears throat> the way there, particularly with that wonderful mosque that you now have, as you say, in the city centre? So at, at the mosque in Orchard Street, you know, sometimes, you know, we used to have three or four people for the Friday prayers and there would not be, you know, the, the, the minimum required to lead the Friday prayers. And now I have seen the growth, you know, especially with the university and, and, and the influx of the Muslim students. And then also a lot of other businesses have sprung up in the, in the city to a two million pound mosque, with, which is full to capacity on a Friday. So I have seen that change in the last 25 years. Does it give you hope that we will become even more an integrated community, not just in Lincoln and the East Midlands, but throughout the UK and throughout Europe and ultimately throughout the world, where particularly li listening to narratives around other faiths at this time of year, we are um, all worshipping essentially one God. It does. It does give us hope. And I think the more we can understand one another better, you know, and, and genuine, meaningful discussions is the only way forward, I believe. I believe, you know, through my own experiences, that there has been a lot of misconceptions on both sides or all sides regarding one another's faith, traditions, cultures, etc. I mean, I remember when I was embarking on my study of becoming an imam, 
I had a very different mindset about Christianity and other faith traditions. This has changed drastically through life experiences and traveling the world. Imam Farooq, it's been a rare and real pleasure to speak to you today, particularly, as I say, at this time of year. Thank you very much indeed for... Thank you, thank you. you. And let's hope this is the first of many conversations we can have here on Sun and Radio. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you very much.